Hello, and welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode, we'll be talking about the games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good. I always feel like when I say that, after I say that, I think I'm, like, I'm welcoming you back as if you're a returning guest when you're ah, actually yes, obviously as a opposed host, to but... as opposed to co-host. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but... I mean, we're we're back. We're back on on the show. We're yeah. What is it, what is it called? It's not on the air. Uh, it's on the we're on the bits on the on the, the, the ones bits. And the bits. <laughs> the ones and zeros are flowing as they should. We're we're casting pod as the kids say. <laughs> oh no. No, pod is the <laughs> sorry. That's, that makes me. I need Kenny's uh, throw up mouth noise. <laughs> yeah, we got to break out the the morning show uh, soundboard here. Yeah, right, well, we'll see what happens with the uh, the. They just they're announcing over at the Good Stuff Morning Show. They're doing a uh, what's it called a, a a tree. It's not that's not the right word. A brackets. Bracket? Yeah, for like a soundboard bracket thing to like. Ah, anyways, we'll see what what's I'll the winner. And we can maybe bring the best of the the best over. <laughs> One, one of one of the other uh, good stuff network shows always a fun listen. Yes, uh, what's up in console corner? Let's dive right in. Yeah, so uh, so E three was happening. Um, most of this as a current Switch owner is not super relevant to me, <laughs> but um, uh, one of the one of the yeah. So so no no Switch Pro announcements, but. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me is during the Square Enix E3 presentation, they announced the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. So this is going to be the um, original console versions of Final Fantasy, I believe, 1 through 6. So all yeah. of the uh, pixel art era, not the polygon era from 7 on. Um, uh, and unlike some of their previous remasters they're going for like pixel perfect accuracy uh but but you know uh, uh, upscaled for modern devices a little but not like what they did with i think there was a mobile version of some of them where where it was like new graphics and it was like the ds version was ported to mobile and it was kind of weird and had weird controls so this appears to be a for the fans slash money grab uh, to to reissue the classic games in as close as possible, and they're doing it on most platforms. So um, Android and iOS, Switch, I saw, and I think all of the other major consoles as well. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I I played um, you know the fell off a truck version of Final Fantasy VI, <laughs> I think, uh, on emulation in the nineties most of the way through and in parts of five if I remember right. Um so it'd be fun to go back to those, uh, you know, see if see if the the kiddo's interested. I think uh Chrono Trigger would be the the square RPG that I'd I'd love to see a proper remaster of. Um I think there have been some other weird versions of that one as well. But yeah, it's uh, that's always you know kind of that uh that nostalgia hit. They're 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 back in the '90s minds, trying to find uh, classic games to bring forward to the latest platforms. Yeah, it's big money for sure, and a way to stave off while you're developing other, I'm sure, bigger properties that you're trying to launch again or, or new new additions or whatever. Um, and it's funny that this came up because I actually, without knowing this, I in another Discord, I mean, I uh, chatted about in the gaming thing they were talking about Final Fantasy, and I had said 
I, in full confession, I don't think I've ever played a Final Fantasy game. I may have tried one or two, but nothing that's ever stuck long enough that I actually played, you know, most of or all the way through. And they were, so of course, people right away were like, oh, you have to try this one, do this one, do that one, um, skip this one, et cetera. Um, and, and yeah, I, it, it feels like a, uh, well, it's, I mean, a huge time commitment, obviously. There's, there's yeah, so many they're, games. They're, they're big games generally. <laughs> yeah, and each game is, is quite a while. I think what I, in my brain, I always mix up there's Fantasy Star which is one I played on the Sega Genesis a bunch and uh, and played through a bunch of those. And so kind of like in my brain, they all kind of mesh together in a weird way. And so I need to definitely need to, there's a few that they recommended. I forget like 15 was, I think is the only one that's available on the Xbox in some form right now. Um, and because a lot of it is Sony, right? It's a Sony property yeah. or somehow tied to PlayStation. Uh, mo- some of them were uh, PlayStation exclusives for a while, at least in the, the um, I think seven through... For sure, ten was PlayStation. I don't remember how far forward that went, but yeah, yeah. So, anyways, at any rate, it's it is one that I'd love to maybe next winter put it on the list of things. But then again, I always have the the Zelda. If there's an RPG to play of some sort, Breath of the Wild is still in the back of my brain as like, hey, you haven't finished that before you like the right. little, little brain well, trigger. And, <laughs> and, and you're gonna have to hurry up on that because <laughs> at the Nintendo Direct at E3, what did they announce, Chris? The Breath of the Wild Two is coming, and they they haven't announced a name. Did they? I, yeah. So it's it's very early days, but I, and then everybody knew it was coming in some form. Yeah. But now it's official, and uh, so now it's now we have deadline. Well, I don't even know if they they did they didn't announce a release date. That it was like 2022 or something. No, no, it's just Not next even. year is all yeah. they said. So I don't have a firm. I, I need like a deadline from Nintendo, honestly, to be like, okay, June 24th. 2022 is when your homework is due. And so then <laughs> June 23rd, I can be like, crap, I have to cram, finish right, this cram, game. cram for finals. Uh, exactly. So, but at this rate, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe be done in time for breath. Well, two is <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. But I, I saw I, that uh, your, your fave uh, switch game. Hey, Hades is coming to game pass on Xbox and PlayStation. And uh, so I actually have pre-ordered it or pre-downloaded it. It's on my Xbox right now, sitting and waiting for me until I forget what it is. June later this month anyways it's actually going to be released so it's ready and waiting to be played um it's funny because i was actually thinking i should watch for it either a used copy or or just go grab it if it's on sale ever at best buy Mm -hmm. knowing how much it's how fun you how much fun you had playing it and uh and then this announcement came was like oh well i just i guess i'll wait (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah because it'll be part of your your subscription yeah Yeah, i i should get back to it 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 um it's it's a really fun uh action uh, you know, rogue, roguelike RPG. Um, I would say, you know, for, for your oldest kids, they would probably enjoy playing it as well. It's, it's single player, but you know, you can take turns between runs cause it's that style. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great game and, 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 you know, got some well-deserved awards over the course of the last year. So yeah. not surprised to see it joining the ranks of those subscription services. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Nintendo's Direct as well. Um, anything of note that sort of stuck out for you besides that? Um, so I, I did not actually get a chance to watch the whole video. Um, there's some, you know, some their usual stuff, some new characters added to Smash. I think the the Breath of the Wild 2 announcement kind of dominated the uh, the discourse yeah. I saw at least. Um, and yeah, nothing nothing else really jumped out at me on, on that one. Um, I know there are also... I think there was some new Mario Party, which that was one of those games, I think, especially the one for Nintendo 64, maybe the first one, where I really liked the idea of Mario Party. I didn't own a console, but some of my friends had that game. 
and I could never convince them to play when I was visiting. So yeah. I feel like it was like <laughs> a game that you would get because you had Nintendo and it was like one of the current Mario games, but no one actually wanted to play it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you hear that, that's actually often what I hear, too, is is the. Um, yeah, those kind of games, you hear about how much fun it is to play like as a family or as a, with your friends right. or whatever. And then you're like, when you actually get together and do it, I feel like sometimes it's overblown because it's like, we don't play it for very long. Everyone's like, uh, can we just do this other one or whatever game, you know, is, whether it's Fortnite or whatever. But like, um, yeah, the family actually doesn't really enjoy it all that much. Like it's, it is fun, but not, <laughs> maybe it's just marketing is like you fall into that. You're like, we're going to yeah, spend I mean, hours it's, playing it. it it's kind of the collision between, you You know, you get the branded characters, you've got mini games and you've got a board game and they're all kind of sort of mashed together. Um, I, I, I've always enjoyed it, but, you know, there's yeah. a big luck component. And definitely there's an argument to be made that the uh, the better family mini game experiences is something like, um, you know, WarioWare, one of those uh, where you just drop in and play the mini games and you don't have any framing story or... Um, uh, going around a board or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Which worry where there's a new one online only, I think like through the switch, but mm. and then super Mario, like you were saying, super Mario party, superstars compilation kind of game with a bunch of mini games coming out. Um, so that's, that's fun. Um, and, and then actually Mario golf, I was just making notes. I had mentally reminded myself that Mario golf super rush is coming out this Friday, which that would be a fun one. Again, I, I'm always hesitant to buy some of these because it feels like a game you play two or three times with the family. And then, like I said, gravitate back towards other more single player kind of games. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, especially heading into summer, I think for us too, it's kind of like, hopefully we're not confined to the basement and isolating (laughs) the same way we have been over the last year and a bit. Uh, I could see in the fall again or whatever, picking it up. Um, Funny thing with the switch, just a little aside is my kids somehow forget that it's a portable device. Like we just did a little day trip this last weekend. Everyone's kind of grabbing a phone or an old iPad or whatever to bring along. And I thought of it myself. I was like, Oh, we could totally bring the switch along, but I knew Mm -hmm. that that would cause fights with three kids and one switch. But um you know, the sort of Nintendo ideal of everyone, just like you set it up in the minivan and everyone can just play on the switch or whatever together. Um, and I just, I didn't say anything cause I just didn't want to deal <laughs> with yeah. what, what might happen. But, uh, it's funny how my that, kids don't, even though they good bring parenting. it around the house. Yeah. Yeah. Smart parenting, but, uh, yeah. yeah, they don't think of it as a thing that leaves the house somehow. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I can go to the living room or upstairs with it, but I don't take it outside of the house. So I don't, for better or worse, I guess. Yeah, well, if if that's in your area of interest, I saw uh, Prime Day. There's any number of Switch carrying case uh, bundles available on sale. <laughs> I think I think the good game sales were all yesterday. But if you're okay. in the U.S., um, there's there's you know Switch stuff. Although by the time you hear this, it will probably yeah. be too late. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing in console corner for me was we I opened the door. So we have three kids. The youngest now, who's eight, has has been opened to Fortnite. We we played a game, family game of Fortnite together on Father's Day. I, I tried, I should have grabbed the audio because I had audio of my youngest celebrating her first kill in Fortnite. And it sounds awful and hilarious at the same time. Um, but uh, sort of a weird, proud father moment of, of your kids all playing Fortnite together. Um, and so that's now a thing that we do, I guess, as a family. So judge us appropriately um, as you as you may do. Um, I do find like the Fortnite even like my my oldest wanted to play one of the creative modes where it's just basically like a uh, death match where you're just running around, you kill someone, you re- revive right away in the same arena. And it's just a small little arena and you have all the guns. Everybody has all the ammo and guns. You're not like running around trying to collect stuff or, or rationing it. And it's just constant shooting, right? And that's yeah. a very different mental 
model than what Fortnite, the game uh, is where you're running around building, chopping up things. Every so often you run into someone together that you collectively try to like defeat or whatever. And then back to like gathering and almost hunting and gathering, I guess. Um, it's a very different mental experience. And so I do find that experience to be fine. I said no to the creative mode for the youngest ones anyways, because it's just constant gunfire. Basically, I don't, yeah, for whatever you think about it, it's just kind of a mental drain on on uh on your psyche i think that isn't always healthy but yeah um, a lot of a lot so, of noise uh, yeah yeah I, I think Fortnite is one of those ones i i keep meaning to try and uh i'll have to see if i if i want to go get get schooled by the by the youth uh <laughs> on online um I, I don't think my son is ready for it yet i think he just his response to how violence in other media has come up i, I don't mm-hmm. think it, it would be for him yet um even though he's seven and a half but, um, you know, maybe in a couple of years that might be, especially if his friends are getting more into it as, as they age into it. Yeah, exactly. That's where it's, it definitely was around like for our oldest, you know, around that seven, eight period where Minecraft was and related kind of games mm-hmm. were, were king. And it wasn't until nine or 10 as friends kind of brought home this idea of Fortnite that uh, brought to school, I guess, um, that it kind of became a thing. So, and it's what I love about it is not to convince anyone that they should let their kids play. Cause I think it, they'll be fine if they don't <laughs> for sure. But <laughs> what I love about Fortnite is how colorful and kind of fun it mm-hmm. is. And maybe that's a sheep and wolf's clothing or wolf and sheep clothing, I guess, um, idea too, into the introduction into violence or whatever, however you approach that, but you can play a very chill game. Like it's just a fun world to run around in run, jump, etc., chop down trees and build forts and stuff inside of it. And mm-hmm. almost never run into somebody um, until the storm sort of forces you together if you manage to survive long enough. But right. um, at any rate, that's enough of a pitch for Fortnite for whoever's not <laughs> on the Fortnite train. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it is one of the most popular games, so I don't yeah. think they need our uh, our sales pitch. But exactly. um, I mean, it's, it's popular for a reason. It's sticky for a reason and, yeah. and certainly appeals to kids. Yeah. Uh, moving on to PC corner, you've got some, uh, you were, you had mentioned some wholesome games, uh, like a live stream, I think it was that sort of highlighted a bunch of wholesome games. Yeah. So it was called the wholesome direct. So just like all the streaming services <laughs> are plus all the video game announcements are direct. Um, but, uh, this was basically a curated collection of a bunch of different, mostly indie games, um, that were being highlighted, uh, under the broad label of wholesome. Um, and their their website, uh, which we'll link in the show notes, kind of goes into what they define as wholesome. But the general idea is they're they're pretty chill, low action games. A lot of like kind of you know what might be derided as walking simulators or featuring a lot of you know cute animals or creatures. Um, um, but really, the ones that are very much in the style we've highlighted on like Apple Arcade, where you know it's a small, short, artfully done game. Um, and, and there are a couple that I have, I've tried. So, so one is builder's journey was on their list, which was an Apple arcade game. That's the little Lego father child journey, uh, mm-hmm. that we, that we saw. Um, and then another one was unpacking, uh, which was a moving in, uh, kind of knolling simulator. You're, you're just taking stuff out of boxes and putting it on the shelf like meditatively. <laughs> um, and, uh, my son and I had tried the beta of that when it was available, I think during PAX online last fall and that we, we'd done the steam beta there. And yeah, it was like, it's kind of just like a chill game. You're just in like a dorm room and there's a little bit of a story about moving away from home and, and, you know, putting your, your most cherished items on the shelf. 
Um, and there's there's several uh, th- there's a few dozen other games all in this list. Uh, a number of which would I think appeal to uh, to me, or, or and and most of them appear to be the kind of games that would be you know playable with a younger kid, uh, even if they can't handle the gameplay. The the art and story would be pretty uh, welcoming uh, just at a glance. So something something I I dig into, although at the moment not um, not really budgeting anything new. Uh, steam purchase wise myself um, yeah isn't the steam summer sale about to happen here too right away i think, I think so yeah i heard some announcement about that so definitely budget accordingly and, and buy accordingly given to what your steam list might already be at but yeah. i remember um hearing about skatebird was another one that's on the list which is basically what it sounds like a bird that skateboards and is <laughs> looks fun I mean, what else do you need to know <laughs> i know <laughs> I like how it's, I think there's even jokes. I I remember if I remember correctly in the trailer about like Tony Hawk, obviously a famous skateboarder happens to have a bird kind of sounding last name. Maybe that's where it was inspired by. And then the other one I saw somewhere, I can't remember where I saw trailers or somebody playing this was power wash simulator, which is just like, there is the the part of me, maybe this is like getting older, the dad part of me or whatever, who's just like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to simulate power wash, why don't you go wash the car or whatever, you know, kid. Um, But I completely get the satisfaction of like, just, virtually spraying off a house or a car with a power washer is just like oddly relaxing and i i'm both sickened and and delighted that this exists in the world and even like you're saying like the unpacking one too it's kind of like you know the kid who's playing that his room is a mess but right. he's playing unpacking simulator and like meanwhile his mom's yelling down to him or dad or whatever like hey can you come clean up your room your legos all over the place whatever like no i'm busy cleaning up my virtual room <laughs> exactly. you know i i feel like power wash simulator would be that sounds like a great one for vr right like you yeah you know you yeah. you slap the headset on and you're pointing <laughs> your your tool at at whatever virtual objects need, yeah. need cleaning um That's yeah a, a virtual power washer does seem like a good father's day present too right yeah. like kind of classic dad <laughs> uh <laughs> Even better actually is like, so one layer deeper is like the people who I know this happens, watch someone playing power Watch simulator on Twitch, right. like live stream. It's just a yeah. whole nother level of like, what? And then like, but again, I'm in both camps. I'm like fascinated by it and completely disgusted by it at the same time. It's kind of just this weird, like, you know, room. yeah. Anyway. Um, the, the, well, but it's, it, yeah, it's, it's the, the sort of the the lie almost that if you have time to be simulating this or watching someone simulate it, you should just do the chore yourself. But of course that's yeah. not how our brains work. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not that everyone watching it actually, they might have the most pristine clean house or car or house or whatever they're watching. Right. And it's not just a, a one or zero or there as far as yeah, all those things. Yeah. But it just well, does a number the, on my brain. The one I've been putting off was the, composting all of the like ivy that's growing on the back fence from the neighbor's yard. And uh, yeah, I could, I could see a nice chill game just kind of <laughs> with virtual clippers going in there, you know, chip, 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 yeah. you know, filling up the, filling up the bag slowly, putting it out to the curb. Right. <laughs> there is something like even deeper. Uh, I can just, I was just imagining like, I'm sure this exists in some form, but like a, a video game that is like tent trailer simulator. <laughs> Cause we have a tent right. trailer on our driveway that I know I have to like get ready for trips and stuff this summer. And it stresses me out that it's sitting there. But if I was like, if I had a game where I knew things go wrong, I could just hit the restart this level button and I get to like, the tire doesn't pop or whatever, you know, and I can redo it all. And I don't, there's nobody there who's like, Hey, you're doing this wrong or this is whatever, you know, um, I can definitely see the appeal of, of a controlled environment that I know I right. could possibly succeed in. 
As I, I think life. we're we're getting into some some deeper layers of video game uh, yeah. uh, ther- <laughs> psychotherapy, right? Um, that yeah. that I, I mean, and and I know uh, especially during the pandemic, a, a number of friends who you know, are really going all in on so, you know sort of their especially their nostalgia favorite games because it's one of the ways of just like dealing with the Over world below. right now. Yeah. You know that you can set aside. <laughs> 30 minutes or an hour and be in that other world or, or, um, you know, finding time to play D and D or tabletop games online or whatever the case may be, you can yeah. go and be just maybe, maybe don't play pandemic, but you know, <laughs> you, you, you can yeah. go, go be somewhere else for a little bit. And that yeah. that's very appealing for, for, um, for me, certainly. Yeah. Especially, I think the nostalgia hit too, of like going back to a time when things were safe. So like playing the Mario yes. Super Mario Brothers 2 or whatever, or whatever the game was, you know, when you were 10 and everything was in, in the, your whole world was your house basically, or whatever, which is kind of what we had to do pandemically speaking. But um, anyways, moving on from our therapy corner, <laughs> 25 cents uh, therapy podcast for 25 cents, uh, which is probably how much our wisdom is worth, it's but the, Apple corner. <laughs> it's the, it's the little, you know, uh, Lucy and peanuts, you know, yeah. the, <laughs> The little stand for the little stand, 25 yeah. cents. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's inflation. We, we can't help it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Apple corner, a uh, cup, there was kind of a, a, a long stint there after that huge drop of games with no new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did all the, the plus games there for a bit. Um, but I've tried a few new ones, uh, some that I was looking forward to some that I didn't think I would be interested in. So the first up is legends of kingdom rush. So uh, this is in the broad genre of shouty man games where the icon is some sort of knight or soldier going, ah, um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, just wait, so before I, we go too far, is yeah. it, is it kingdom rush? I thought, see, when I remember I was talking about when this game was announced, I thought kingdom rush was like one of those, uh, tower defense games originally, but then this is obviously is not that it's the, um, sort of heroic squad. Yeah. Team, so know. I think it was, I think it was one of those kind of maybe even a little sketchier free to play like tower defense games. I, like I said, I didn't play yeah. any of it, but this one is very much more, um, you know, sort of the tactics RPG, right. Where, uh, each, each battle, you have a mix of different character classes with different powers. It's turn-based, you move them around the board, uh, and try to take out all the enemies, which also have different powers. And you have to, you know, pay a lot of close attention to, are you in range or not? Uh, how much health do you have left? Are you, are you, you know, synergizing your different attacks? Um, so my, my initial impression from the first few levels was like, oh, well, this is just going to be like, you figure out the optimal team and then you just stomp on everything. But they they really graded the difficulty well. So it scales up nicely. Um, you know, the enemies start getting harder, but as you play through the adventures and lose, you still gain experience on the character classes you chose to play with, which means they start unlocking new abilities for the next time you play. So there's there's this nice um, balance where the game is getting harder and you may fail a few times, but at the same time, you're earning enough experience to uh, enhance your characters and then be able to clear the adventure as you go. Um, so right now, um, there are four uh, story adventures, I think sort of one, one intro one, and then three main ones. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it, it's very like fantasy tropey, right? Like the, every, everything is kind of 
Tolkien by way of D and D by way of Warcraft. Like it, you can, yeah. you can see the distillation of like, Oh, you know, orcs are green and have blood frenzy and the, the trolls are, have regenerative powers and uh, all of, all of those uh, elements um, are there. There's kind of a um, like elder God Cthulhu evil tentacles angle um, you kind of as, as part of the plot. Um, but yeah, the, you know, it, and it certainly looks like something where if they have good adoption and want to keep it going, they'll add more adventure packs over time. Um, graphics are good. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a fun, you know, bright cartoony style. Um, I finished the last adventure, but I still have a lot to unlock. There's, there's four or five of the character types I haven't played with. Um, and there's some other nice elements, like there'll be these random story events between battles as you're going through. So you might acquire an item that helps you beat it, or you might just have to roll and hope one of your characters has the right bonuses to overcome the challenge, like jumping across a chasm or avoiding, uh, you know, a bad guy or, or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I liked, I I've liked it yeah. actually. I, I was initially, like I said, I was kind of, I was excited for it. I think it was a tower defense game, just like a, a simple game to just dive mm-hmm. into and, ju- and jump out of. And then I was kind of a bit, a little bit overwhelmed with like, Oh, it's actually not that. And there's actually more I have to try to track from, from level to level. But, but I've really enjoyed playing, playing the game and, um, and still being able to like hop into the battle and, and hop out. And, and even like you said, it was very forgiving in terms of you lose, but the characters are still there. I thought initially like, Oh crap, I'm going to die constantly and then have to go back and redo this whole thing. And, but you get some different characters each time and, and leveling up as you go and, and tracking some of the, yeah, the character abilities and figuring out the, a good mix for each level, as far as what you should be bringing, which, which uh, squad, what's the, there's actually a better term they use in the game, but squad party. Yes. Thank you. Obviously Um, that you want to bring to each kind of battle or whatever that you're up against and archers and wizards and uh, knights and uh, combinations of the uh, all of them in, in various forms, and so um, yeah, it's been fun fun to play. Um, and I haven't introduced this one to the kids yet. I wasn't sure initially whether they would dive into it and whether I wanted to open the door because it's kind of just it is a bit on the addicting side in terms of like there's yes a long storyline to follow through. Right, and just, just one more battle work. is exactly definitely <laughs> a, a problem I I had with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a fun one that way. And so just as you're aware, obviously of what you're getting into if, if with kids or whatever, who might, we might be opening up the game and, and wanting to just play forever. Cause it, it does go for a while. I think, I don't know how far, how long it took you to go through a story. I'm not definitely not through a story. One of the stories yet on my side, maybe it's that I'm almost at the end. I just don't know that, but um, um, it seems to have a lot of playability anyways in it. Yeah. Um, so the, the, final boss uh, encounter of each adventure there's like a a trick to it because like the i think the first time i played the first adventure i wasn't doing the right thing so i just got overwhelmed by enemies because i wasn't actually doing the thing you needed to do to damage the the boss right um but yeah i think the you know the first adventure took me maybe two or three tries the second adventure i found harder for whatever reason It, it took me at least 10 tries to get all the way to the end consistently and beat the boss. And then the third adventure seemed harder, but I got kind of lucky or maybe picked the right party and managed to go, you know, all the way to the end and beat the final boss on the first try that time. Um, So it it may have also been that I had been leveling up all my characters failing on the previous adventure. So I was actually going into it a little um, overpowered. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, and your characters it, it, it's a carry game. over from one story to the other. Is that how it, like the party that you bring to? Y- the yeah. So you, your, stories? your characters level up and unlock abilities as you play them repeatedly. And at the beginning mm-hmm. of any adventure, you pick one hero and two supporting characters. And then during the course of the adventure, you'll usually get a random event that adds a fourth character to your party about halfway oh, okay. through, right. um, which you can then unlock to start with uh, on a on a future run. Right. Okay, that makes so sense. Got, yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah, it's got that slightly roguelike element to it. You know that you, if you're defeated on an adventure, you just start over and you can rearrange your party. Um, there's certain synergies. I, th- I think I've been favoring characters that can kind of. Uh, what would be called controllers in the usually the the D and D or or other RPG uh, terminology where they they can at at range kind of move and hold your enemies in place, which mm-hmm. allows you to control the 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 battlefield better. Um, so I've been favoring those, but there's there's various powers. It's like well, if they're stunned, it does extra damage, that kind of thing. So you can start to get into that. Um, Meta game of uh, what's the what's the optimal party selection? So yeah, it seems fun. I I see myself going back to it, even though I've quote unquote beaten the game. And I'll be curious to see if they add more um, story adventure modules uh, over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up it was Forensic Overtime, which I meant to play, but I actually completely forgot about it until I saw it on the list here. As a, I, I think I tagged it. This is the again going back to the notifications of our Apple Arcade. Is I'm pretty sure I tagged it as like, hey, let me know when this game is available and automatically download it. But then it happens. But somehow I missed that it happened on my phone or whatever. So yeah, you, the, you the notifications it. are funny because I got uh, it had already downloaded to my phone. I got the push notification on my co- phone. I also somehow got the push notification on my work computer, which I didn't think I'd even logged in <laughs> to anything. But I must have used the app store with my Apple ID or something, right? Yeah. Um, and I got an email. Now, personally, I don't want the email, right? Like it's yeah. not. It's now it's, it's an email <laughs> with a link to a game that's already downloaded on my devices. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see a place to control that uh, option better. Um, but yeah, so Forensic is from Icon Factory, uh, which is a longtime um, Apple ecosystem developer with a with a specialty in you know graphic design. Um, so I never played the original Forensic. I, I missed it when it was when it was out. Uh, but I I use uh, you know Twitterific. Their their Twitter client is probably my most used app on my phone because uh, I'm too online or something. Uh, it's pretty hard. Uh, it's it's got this kind of fast paced matching. It's not as hard as say like a super hexagon, but you know you're you're having to flip pieces and match colors and get them into the right spots and you know, try to get bonuses by combining all the colors. Um, I played it a little bit, like I said, was mostly playing Kingdom Rush, but it's, it's going to be one of those games where I think there's 150 levels to start and, you know, you can kind of see like they'll keep adding more and more complicated things as you go. Uh, but it's one of those puzzle type games or arcade type games where you can just drop in, play a level or two while you're on the bus or whatever, and, and then you're good. So similar to, uh, you know, one of our perennial favorites, Grindstone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty hard, uh, but my son is actually farther in the game than me. He's, he's put in a little more time. <laughs> um, I saw he got more, uh, what are they called? Squarks, I think, which is the, the, and, and he, he likes it cause it involves robots. So that's, that's very much his jam. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then the other new release, which I, I did not try because I have the game already in a sense was game dev story plus. So, Game Dev Story, I don't know, I must have bought it on the App Store five plus years ago, maybe. And it's this kind of pixel art simulation game where you're, you know, you're creating video games by leveling up the right team and uh, 
you know, making up a name for the game and putting it out in the market and seeing how it does. Um, uh, but since it's a simulation game, that's the, that's the kind of thing, uh, my son definitely enjoys and he's played the the previous one. Um, I think we've played more game dev tycoon on steam, uh, together. Um, but you know, game dev story is, is a similar vibe. Um, or, uh, there was an old Mac shareware game I played as like a teenager that was like, sim- it was, it wasn't in the sim Max's sim series, but it was something like sim movie maker. And the idea was, yeah, you were like, you're picking your director and your actors and how much money mm-hmm. to budget for advertising. And then, you know, it, the simulation runs some math and says, Hey, you made this much money. Now your movie company can go produce the next film. So it's, it's kind of that, that style of game. Yeah. And, uh, and your kid likes it as far as like, cause it's kind of like an economics simulator. It's I, simple enough that he understands and gets it or whatever and wants to play more of it. Or is it, like I think he likes it because thing. of the theme, you know, it's like video right. games, you're naming things. I don't think he really clicks with the, the, like the, the higher level strategy that you can get into with, with a simulation like that, but right. he enjoys it anyway at, at seven and a half. So yeah, you know, don't not, not going to push him into how to play the right way or optimal <laughs> yeah. way at this, at this age. That'd be, that'd be a little, a little too much. First you need to watch 16 hours of economics. On yes. YouTube Please take then. econ one and then get back to me. <laughs> it is funny hearing that and, and remembering back to my own sort of video game journey and around 10 ish or so, I remember getting into like, I played sports games, but then hockey mm-hmm. league simulator and the kind of like the simulation baseball simulator or whatever, which is a similar idea. Like how much do you want to price your hot dogs? And do you right. want to sign this $10 million player or whatever? Like those do kind the of, season and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like, basically just, there's no actual graphics to it. It was all just text and like spending hours doing that. Um, and preparing me for, <laughs> you got <laughs> tricked into doing spreadsheets. Exactly. <laughs> we had Wayne Gretzky on it. So I was like, Oh, sure. I'll play that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, it's just funny now thinking about my kids, like trying to say, do you want to play Fortnite or do you want to play this simulator? That's like a business simulator. <laughs> and like, right. I get that it's more than again, going on our earlier therapy session. It's, it's not just that obviously. Uh, and it's, uh, simplified, more fun version of, of business right. for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's a funny world. Well, and, and, and thinking too, I, I think I've mentioned before, you know, the, the, the times where I was playing like world of Warcraft at a level where I did need a spreadsheet outside of the game right. to make sure <laughs> that my like rogues build was as optimal as possible. Cause I had to squeeze out that last 50 DPS <laughs> to beat the raid boss. Right. Like, yeah. um, yeah, that, uh, and and other other games take it that sort of meta game or ex, external to the game uh, simulation aspects to that level if if you want to play at the at the very least now Fortnite doesn't really have that right where there's like to get really good you need to go figure this all out well there is if you're like definitely at the pro level like when people are playing like there is a, an element of like remembering or whether it's spreadsheets i guess but like remembering mm. which gun which loadout because they do have some customization options within the game but you're not building a character that carries over from game to game at all so the, gotcha. the skins and everything is all just for visual appeal has nothing to do with your gameplay but there is my like there's a term called a sweater a sweat i don't know my kids all of a sudden were like oh that guy's a sweat i, I don't know what that means i think it has something to do with like being a pro style player or whatever like where your skin even is like optimized so that there's as little graphics on the screen that get in the way of you being able to see the other 
what's going on in the game or something, uh, right? So, so it's 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 like the the no odd job rule in GoldenEye sixty four, where because they had a smaller hitbox, you weren't allowed to play. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like I think technically at the game level, it doesn't uh, like shooting someone or whatever. It doesn't, but it's more like for you, the player, mm-hmm. seeing past your character, that kind of idea. Because even I had some like back bling, like the backpack or whatever that was like fancy wings or something, and it was like very obviously distracting when you're trying to like figure out if there's somebody over across the hill or whatever, and your mm-hmm. wings get in the way of it right. or whatever. So I quickly changed away from those. But um, but yeah, it's there is definitely an element of that. I'm sure any Fortnite purist out there would be like, of course there's, you have to remember that the whatever gun and this thing is whatever. But I just kind of like, I have enough trouble remembering which color is the, like the better color of gun because they're <laughs> color coordinated. <laughs> my kids will be like, dad, don't take that one. Take the purple one, of course. And like, oh yeah, right. I forgot. Um, but the other one we tried actually, I just remember was Crossy Road Castle in our Apple Arcade going back to that um, multiplayer. So like my son on his phone and my on my phone and kind of mm-hmm. playing it together. And it's very like low intensity, fun kind of Mario jumping around a, a world. I think, did you try that one at all? I think you'd mentioned in a previous episode, maybe. Yeah, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. And and yeah, the, the kind of co-op style multiplayer is great because it, it effectively gets you you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's like basic, you know, platforming, but because as long as one player makes it to the end, exactly. you get that kind of, um, you know, we, we all succeed. You know, if, so if there's some jump that's really hard for one of the players, maybe because they're younger or less experienced, you kind of don't have to worry about it. You know, you can carry them through that level and then continue together. And I mean, there were times certainly playing where, you know, I kept messing something up, but my son was able to clear. And, and so we were able to proceed without, without losing a life. So yeah, I think, yeah. I think Crossy Road Castle is definitely a, a favorite I would, I would go back to. Yeah. It's a good, like good one for like couch co-op style, almost not, yeah. you're not really, you're sort of co-oping, but, um, cause you can definitely add, I think multiple to more than two, I think anyways, for sure. But, um, and, and have multiple devices playing and you're just kind of sitting around the room together playing playing the game so one quick thing and maybe there's a whole another discussion that we can table for next time but i was this weekend when i was with family i was like i was going to recommend a game i figured which one it was let's say it was song pop party or whatever but i was going to recommend it to family but then i kind of hesitated because it's like well i have to explain then that you have to buy apple arcade and subscribe to this thing in order to play this game which to for us as gamers and and you know a family of gamers is a no no brainer like of course you'd pay five bucks to get this library of games but then when i was going to tell family about it mm-hmm. was like well that's it's felt really, really complicated to explain your not like the premise is just netflix of, but video games but like to justify playing this one game you're going to pay five dollars a month forever and and so i just didn't <laughs> i didn't actually so I, i'm just curious if listeners or you yeah. you know when you're talking to folks do you recommend apple arcade or is it kind of just a thing you just say well there's this game and they'll eventually figure out that you have to subscribe to apple arcade to do it yeah, I mean, I think so. I think my sister currently has Apple Arcade free from you know one of their device purchases mm. recently, and so she'll ask me for recommendations on specific games, or I'll recommend specific games. She doesn't listen that she to already, podcasts. I, I, I think I. <laughs> I think she and and my my brother in law both have. I don't know if they're listening. To <laughs> I know, that's the, the family thing is. I I tried. I listened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, and then, yeah, certainly in in my more game oriented crowds, I think Apple Arcade is mostly dismissed. Like if their their game time is being spent elsewhere, right? Yeah. And I think it goes to what we were talking about about the whole sort of app store market. The other episode of uh, the vast majority of people are playing casual mobile games, which seems like Apple Arcade's sweet spot, but they're grabbing the free ad supported games. They don't. They don't care anything. about the, it's totally free. They don't yeah. care that they're being, you know, manipulated into buying, 
you know, green bucks or whatever, or, <laughs> or interrupted by weird ads for other games that are somehow also ad supported. And there's a whole like pyramid advertising yeah. angle of, of all of these games. Um, so yeah, I think, I feel like I, I don't know how to, how to sell it. And, and I have not had like much success. Um, I think it's basically even among the, the sort of Apple, you know, crowd, it's not even the most, the most popular because of some of the, the limitations we've talked about around multiplayer and, and other things. So yeah, yeah, I think it's, Apple still has kind of a hard sell there, but I, I'm, I'm still really enjoying it and definitely getting my five, five bucks a month out of it. Certainly as part, like if you have any sort of the bundle and I'm sure that's the thing I was afterwards, I was like, chances are they've already, like they have a family or whatever. They probably did subscribe to the bundle maybe of Apple one or whatever in some form. Cause they were like, Oh, that's a good deal. I'll just hit yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not seeing you and I aren't seeing any of those promo pitches that Apple's doing for Apple one, obviously, cause we're part of it already. Mm-hmm. And so the average person is maybe a little more aware of it than I th- give them credit for. But um, at any rate, it's not my, I'm not the sales guy for salesperson for Apple Arcade, so I don't have to worry about it. I'm sure there's a whole team working very hard on yeah. solving this problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, how about in Tabletop Corner? What, uh, what, have you been playing anything lately on in the real world? Yeah, we uh, so we did like a quick game of Uno uh, last night before bed um, or, or flinch. You know, some of those quick card games we like to fit in just the just three of us or two or two some two of us. Um, but then uh, we grabbed uh, the Scattergories, the I guess it was the 30th anniversary edition from a couple years ago, um, which is, you know, it's one of those fun like parlor style word games where, you know, everyone has to to name a, or write down a word in a category matching a letter. And then you see, you know, was yours unique or do you have to cross it off because someone else got it? And so we were at my my parents uh, last week and played that with, I think six of us, including the cousins. And that was, that was great. You know, they, they aren't able to put down words for everything at seven and eight because uh, yeah. they maybe just don't know all the categories. Um, and actually, you know, for, I guess the game is originally from 1989. A couple of the categories are are dated in a slightly <laughs> odd or maybe even getting into problematic way, but, uh, and, and also very skewed towards like, knowing like all your local sports teams or, or the, the selection of categories feels a little skewed generationally, but right. otherwise uh, it's fun. And, and, you know, we, we made a point of, well, if we couldn't come up with something in the, in the time, just put something silly that starts with the letter and, and have fun with it. And so that was, you know, that's that kind of entertaining family, everyone shouting at each other, laughing kind of game. How about you? Yeah, we, uh, that's actually funny because my kids, I think they just had a, from maybe a previous car road, car trip, we had, uh, effectively a road trips categories, you know, on a, on a clipboard or whatever they were, they were playing in the back. And cause all of a sudden out of, out of nowhere, my one son was like, dad, what's a letter uh, or a city, you know, it starts with M or something. And I was like, uh, <laughs> Montreal maybe or whatever. And like, we took us a while to figure out that they were actually playing a game together. <laughs> they were mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. you know, randomly asking weird questions, but, uh, but yeah, it's a great one for, for all ages. And especially if you allow for. Um, just creativity with M sounds or whatever the way happens to be for the younger ones. Um, and then my kids actually, or my oldest got uh, for birthday, got exploding kittens, which has been around for a little while. It's from creator of oatmeal and other, uh, there's another game he has, they have published. I forget what's um, a game. Well, we, there's the iOS one, but there's taco cat is one. I can't remember what the other one was. That Isn't there played. like a flaming burrito or something one They're They're all kind of yeah. similarly silly. We have, Oh, um, uh, it's on the, I need to look it up right now. Cause I, it's going to bug me. Um, 
not crabs. You've got crabs. That's the one, uh, which is another fun, oh, like, yes. especially for that eight to 15, maybe or whatever year old. And like adults can play it too. Obviously it's fun, but it's definitely like in that wheelhouse of like the kids go off and play the game in the basement while the adults have whatever, talk about mortgages, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they, yeah, but anyways, exploding kids was fun. I played it for the first time last night with them and uh, it's, it's a fun, like random card game that, has these, you know, nonsensical kind of rules and weird things that happen and can go by really quickly or it can happen, take a longer time to play and there's enough strategy to keep it interesting and go back to, uh, but not so deep that like your grandpa or grandma or whoever who only plays hearts isn't going to ever touch it because it's really complicated, <laughs> like Settlers of Ten or something. <laughs> right. Not speaking from experience, but um, so that's what's, yeah, that's what we've been playing a bit of too. Um, and, and then in returning games, we'll, can shuffle on over to just the in closing um some one that we've actually just pulled out again now that in-laws are back in the mix in terms of coming over uh right. is quiplash which grandma and grandpa can play just fine along with our eight-year-old and have a little bit of fun with and that's the um in the that's jackbox jackbox right? games yes thank you yeah. uh party packs they have i think it's version six that we have and version three anyways quiplash two i think is the one we were playing uh, but they're all fun and and good yeah. for a, a good evening if you're everyone has a device of some sort and uh, as long as there's settings in there just to be aware of that you can make it more family friendly or make it non-us centric as well which is handy if you're outside of the us as most of the rest of the world is <laughs> and <laughs> and uh and yes. yeah there's a few times where like the eight-year-old is like I have no idea what the poison where there's a button to like fill in the blank for you with some sort of witty thing that, you know, just to help you come up with something if you're drawing right. a brain farts kind of thing on that spot. But um, I have to say, or one of the questions was, what's something that won't be around in 25 years? And when my son put grandma and grandpa, oh, no. <laughs> they were oh, playing no. with us in that game, but we've just since told them about it, but it was just like, it was the perfect answer. That was also the most horrible answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, con confronting, confronting mortality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not wrong, but yeah. <laughs> maybe not something you say to grandma and grandpa. Exactly. So how about you? What have you been going back to? Yeah. So, uh, well, the Jackbox games are a, are a regular fixture at work. We'll, we'll try to do some, you know, mm -hmm. video, uh, games like that. But, um, I went back to song pop party briefly cause they sent me a notification that there was a father's day event. So <laughs> I played enough rounds of the right playlists to unlock a dad avatar wearing a baby in a, in a, you know, a, a baby Bjorn kind of thing. <laughs> Um, so that, that, that was fun. Um, and then, yeah, we, we had kind of haven't been using the switch as much lately, but we, we fired up Mario Kart and have done a couple rounds, um, this past weekend, uh, just a few grand prix, uh, and that, and that's, that's, that's fun. And we, we're at the point now where, you know, my son does not like lose control and start going backwards anymore or anything like that. <laughs> and we actually bumped it up to the hundred CC, uh, speed, uh, to, for a little added challenge. Um, so that, that's, it's fun, you know, kind of, we're, we're moving up the learning curve on the game a little bit. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just recording a quick thing for the, uh, I just remember we have Instagram for good stuff. So putting a little filtered, I'll edit this out, but okay. a little filtered thing on the Instagrams. You just stopped talking sooner than I thought you were going to. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> no, trailed off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. Um, Okay. Uh, and I was listening, but I wasn't obviously. So the, what, what I like about song pop party is 
again, going sort of like, um, uh, which one, Crossroad Castle, easy to grab a device. You can actually, what Slunkbot Party does really well is sets up an invite link to share it with somebody fairly easily from an, like an iPhone where you can send a message to a friend somewhere else to join the game um, or in the room and makes it easy, at least in our experience, to like quickly add people to the game in a way that mm-hmm. doesn't isn't confusing multiplayer very easily. Um, and, and it's just kind of a light fun game in the similar vein as Jackbox and totally should be something that you could pull out, uh, you know, especially on the Apple TV is, it's kind of handy to have that set up and ready to go. So, um, all right, listener feedback, you had mentioned, you had a note from Fimian. Oh yeah. My, my friend Andrew mentioned that he was enjoying the new forensic as well that we talked about a little bit earlier. And then I think in the good stuff discord, um, we had said last episode about using your Steam library in you know one of these game streaming services, and uh, listener Fimian mentioned um, that uh, GeForce Now their uh, their service does support enabling some of your Steam library for streaming. You can't just like open Steam and play anything, and it it sounded like it had there there were some licensing things involved where like you know, the you. It doesn't seem like if a game is in your library that you shouldn't just be able to stream it to where you want it, you know, or play it on whatever device. But um, I guess it for copyright purposes, it is considered, I don't know, a performance or redistribution or something. So so NVIDIA has to get permission to allow certain games to be streamed. And um, presumably it's it's similar for some of the other uh, streaming services like like Luna and and. uh, what's the Xbox One X? X Cloud, I think they're calling it. X Cloud. That was the original that, name, or that? You know, the the selection of games available to be streamed is partially dependent on the deals that the platform <laughs> owner can make with the game uh, producers, distributors. Yeah. So that's a it's an added wrinkle to the. Well, I don't want a big hot gaming PC with a graphics card I can't buy in my house. I'll just you know I have a I have a big pipe to the internet. Why not just play any game from there? Um, but yeah, yeah. So especially for, for things like steam library, where it's, it's games I already own, but of course when it's in your library, you don't really own it. You've just paid for the permission to add it to your library. So it's, it's in that fuzzy, uh, world of like, what does it mean to have access to a game? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about to get really confusing, honestly, because I saw like Microsoft's announcements of that they're pursuing not, not only X cloud where you could stream it, say on a browser, but they're actually potentially getting into hardware development of streaming boxes that would be not a, like an Xbox, but just a box. It's like kind of like what Steam Cloud did, I think it was, or Steam Steam, or, Steam Link. Steam Link, yeah, similar yeah. idea where you just buy the box, HDMI it into your TV, and that streams your latest video game to your box rather than worrying about having the hardware in your house. And they said very explicitly, "We're doing both. Don't worry, you know, we're not abandoning consoles." But with bandwidth increasing, it doesn't take a genius to imagine a world where they would love it if they don't have to ship out new hardware every whatever three years and develop that. They can just build a server farm, upgrade the server right. farm, and charge you to rent the games right. effectively. So, well, and it's the it's the classic you know it's it's subscription revenue, right? That's what everybody wants uh, if you're if you're a, a company uh, with content. And uh, if I remember right, most consoles are sold at a loss, right? Like the yeah. un- unlike mobile devices, the consoles are sold at a loss, and then they make it up with the game licensing fees and and other stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, you can see why they 
it, it might be it might be easier to build out that that server farm and and you know uh, just from like cloud efficiency perspective right like you don't need a, a slot for everyone all the time because people are playing at different hours and where where it'll get tricky is is really um, and this is especially true in geograph geographically large countries like the U.S. and Canada where that uh, latency and bandwidth are not very evenly distributed. You know, mm-hmm. near a big city, you can probably get uh, pretty easily a big uh, a big fiber pipe these days. You know, gigabit connection. Um, but you know, it could be just like across the street, you're stuck with like 10 megabit DSL uh, because of how the the wiring is locally. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that that'll be I think one of the challenges for that approach. Yeah. And it's, it even gets messier when you're like, even right now with Fortnite, for example, you can, they, they bought the app house party, which is like a communication app for, you know, kids or whatever, chatting and video and playing mm-hmm. little games together. Um, and, but you can stream from Fortnite into house party. So if your friends can watch your game and comment and stuff, but it's not like they're, you're not streaming from my console, you know, taking the visual of what my console is outputting on HDMI or whatever and streaming that it's just at the Epic games level, they take the bits and whatever and recreate the game for house party. Right. So it's not, it's not a literal stream of my device that I see my TV, whatever. They're just recreating it inside of house party. Interesting. And so it's this weird kind of like, cause I was like, how are they doing this? If, if I'm not you know streaming it, they're not grabbing my, my Xbox or whatever feed. Right. It's yeah. Like we're just recreating the game. Like they have to anyways, for other players where everybody's playing. Right. They're, they're synchronizing the game world. Yeah. Up, up in the cloud. Yeah. So that, that's a really level, interesting approach. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could imagine that applying for, for streaming, like basically any for Twitch streaming, right. Any online game is if the game has exists in the cloud already, why not just render an optimized feed exactly. from the cloud to the viewers instead of, you know, you pulling it down, recording it locally, having all this equipment, your stream deck and whatnot, and sending it back up to then be yeah. video processed and sent back down. Like, yeah. It it makes sense uh, from a from an so, efficiency perspective, but it 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 also has some interesting limitations around control and and so forth. So yeah, the legal stuff of that gets it really fascinating pretty quickly if you think about like right now the streamers are in control of what they're putting out, but if Xbox makes it super easy to do all that streaming stuff and suddenly Ninja is like I'm on X- Xbox only, but then Xbox says. <laughs> We're going to add ads to your stream or whatever. Anyways, we're getting way in the weeds here of like a really interesting conversation, but beyond what, uh, what we're probably have yeah, time maybe, for. Today. Maybe we should cut, cut this for time and, uh, follow <laughs> up on that next episode. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to 25 cents, our video game podcast, video game. I think I said that right. You can find me on Twitter. Well, not in June, after June, you can find me on Twitter at iChris. And you can find me on Twitter and almost everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D. You can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff. <laughs>